0: So, tonight we're discussing our morbid fascinations. There is a trigger warning with this episode. We will be talking of murder and crime. If any of these topics are triggering for you, I suggest you listen to one of our other episodes because nobody else has listened to them. The genre of true crime is everywhere, but crime itself is nothing new. For example, there are 160 murders in the Bible. Serial killers, murder, torture and all the other fucked up stuff is more accessible than ever. Welcome to the podcast with no name. Our podcasters for this episode are Princess, Eddie, Sid, Johnny and Jerry the Fish. Our question for tonight's podcasters to discuss is, why do we find true crime so fascinating? I'm a middle-aged white cis woman. So, of course, I am obsessed with true crime podcast, true crime Netflix shows I can't get enough of it Mm. and I was thinking to myself why I like it and I really don't know I think it takes me to the edge it gives me a rush it makes me think that I am thank God I'm not that victim it makes me think how I could do that murder better and how that stupid killer left evidence behind fingerprints hair all that stuff so I enjoy it I don't know how you feel why do you why do you love true crime
1: well I like I like what I like about true crime is um I like hearing how the criminal gets their comeuppance and how the cops find them and how they track them down and whether it's some tiny little mistake or some huge mistake but I love I love it when they slap the handcuffs on them and they you know go away for 50 years so I really enjoy that aspect of it but I also, like you, uh, Captain, I also like to think about, you know, I wouldn't have done that, I would have done this, I would have done that and, I, you know, I would have done that better.
0: Yeah, it's, it's pretty much exactly the same. Mm. Eddie?
2: I've always found it interesting mainly because it seems like the most normal people turn out to be serial killers. It could be anyone. And that just scares the shit out of me, thinking that you walk down a street and you're looking at people and thinking, you think that's one? Um, I, I just find it fascinating that it could be anybody. It could be your next-door neighbour. It's just really, really scary.
0: Even though with profiling, it still could be anyone?
1: It can. Serial yeah, killers, they're absolutely. very good at manipulating people. And mm. uh, I saw a really good docker on, on BTK, uh, Bind Torture Kill, that stand, stood for. Mm. He was part of the, the local church. He was well respected. And they have these double lives where they spend an inordinate amount of time getting people on their side and doing things for them and being really helpful and being a great person. And, and so no looks at t- them. Exactly, and And, and that's part of their plan. That's what makes a serial killer, not just someone that runs around killing people. They think about it. They're usually very intelligent as well, and they have to be because of the planning that's involved and to live these double lives. And a lot of them are married and stuff too, so they're hiding this from their spouses, and they need to have excuses and and plausible deniability about when they're leaving the house to go and commit these crimes. So they have to be
3: pretty switched on. It's, It's funny you say that about the BTK guy. The, the you know how that guy got busted yeah i do but he, he sent them a disc when he and then he and then he asked them or are right he asked them if this is trackable and they said no you can't see that and he sent it anyway and traced it back to the church that he was working at and got yeah. busted and he it was just a full idiot move at the end but Those, I think the people that pre-technology, DNA, et cetera, that we have these days, those people get a lot more uh, kudos for what they did and how they weren't found than what the people do these days. They get kudos because it just wasn't, the technology wasn't there to get them as easily as they can today.
0: Mm. It's catching up with them, though. There has been a few.
3: I know, even I understand now. that, but I just mean, like, then. It's like, how do we find this guy? And now they have multiple ways. There's so many more ways, it's, you know, GPS on your phone, blah, 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 blah. 90% of those crimes are just, like, they're not premeditated. It's just on the spot. And that's why people make mistakes because they just do it and they're like, how do I clean this up? But even in the kitchen or whatever, it's like they've done it and they're like, how do I clean this up? There's blood all over the floor. They've already fucked up. They didn't put any plastic down. They've done none of that shit.
4: Um, I'm not a huge fan of true crime and serial killers and all the rest of it. Mm. Occasionally they get me in, but I'm not a fantastic fan and um, I don't read a lot of who-done-its. Sometimes particular ones get me in, but a lot of the time, no. And I have, in my professional life, the perfect opportunity to go down that coal mine and I don't. I was saying to my boss when I was talking to her yesterday that we would be recording this episode tonight and she and we were talking and I said, I'm not a huge fan, although, you know, particular bits get me in at times. And we we both laughed because, as I said, in my professional life, that aspect, I, I've got a perfect opportunity to expose myself to it and I don't, I can't, I just don't like it.
0: Do you think that's potentially a subconscious thing that you've sort of removed yourself from it and don't allow you to to be consumed by it because uh, you are surrounded by it in your work life?
4: No, because I can, I've, in my work
0: life, I can be not surrounded by it. Are um, you just a happy, joyful person that I have nothing in common with? Possibly, um, but not really. No,
2: um, I don't know. Oh, I've, I've never met a happier person, actually.
4: <laughs> oh really? Um, Mr. Safety reckons I'm not happy and I'm miserable oh, you're all the extremely time. Happy. Really negative. You he he reckons I'm the most negative
2: person he's ever come across. You bounce into a room, you're that happy half. Yeah, time. well, it's sick. That's it. what Mr. Safety says. So anyway, unhappy um, people
1: don't wear those clothes.
0: true Sid what are Um, your thoughts
5: I like uh, finding out about the psychology of the people you you often see very similar traits that something like they're an outsider or they had some type of social deficit and then they actually learned to view people objectively and then they mastered that art so they could keep like some kind of face of sanity But even like the way that they use empathy, I find, is really scary. They use empathy to manipulate people, but they don't have any empathy slash sympathy to feel sorry for them. There's a sense of power and control with the serial killers. The first one may have been an accident. Then they can't get over the thrill and it becomes almost addictive. And it becomes addictive, how do I do it? Then how do I get around it? So you're dealing... It's the psychology of that. And in some ways, yeah, when they get caught, it's like someone saying... Thank God, my, uh, I'm going to get help now. The addiction's going to stop. That's Anyone else? Me. Yeah.
3: Joni and Eddie sort of answered it more like what they, why, why they like it, like what's it about it, why they like, rather than why they like it as in. And Sid sort of touched on it, that why do we like that sort of stuff? And it's like there's a bunch of reasons in my brain. So it's outside of our normal life. Like, we're glad we're not the perpetrator. We're glad we're not the victim. We get an adrenaline rush from it because it's so out of the ordinary. It's, it's like, you, you know, when you tell you ring someone up or whatever, it's like, oh, what's happened to you? You tell them about, oh, I was driving down the road and it's a head-on crash in front of me and I was unbelievable. It was like, it's the same reason that uh, journalists and news stations, like, they if it bleeds, it bleeds. And terrorism controls, like, 30% of the news cycle, yet it kills 0.03% of the population. People are like, oh, my God, so glad it wasn't us. All those poor people, that feeling of empathy, you get an adrenaline rush, all those sort of things happen, and people are interested in that. When 33% of people die from heart disease, you never see 33% of the media advertising on that because it doesn't sell at all ads you know, they, they they concentrate on things that make us feel uh oh, we're so lucky, you know, I'm glad it's not me. Oh, I would never do that, I'm better than that person. But it's so out of the ordinary. It's like going to Disneyland, it doesn't happen very often, and I know it's like a real positive thing, but it's a real negative thing, so attracts your attention as much as a really positive thing. So it's a bunch of different reasons why. You're attracted to true crime because if it ever happened to you, you'd know what to do, even though you probably wouldn't.
5: We all may have a dark side of our personality, but no one will. Well, people rarely act it out, and these guys have acted it out.
3: Look, 100%, there's certain times where you think about doing that stuff. You know, like people will stand in front of somebody and they're just talking to them. It's like, what would happen if i just punched them straight in the face right now? this is why it's great we don't know what other people think. Like all of us have thought certain things that you would be like if they knew what I was thinking right now. It's just human nature and it's normal because you're rationalising a situation to be able to control the next situation you're in. And we're always doing that. Everybody knew what we were thinking. They'd all think we were mental.
0: Yeah, I think you're right because we like fear and we like the adrenaline rush. That's why horror movies are so... Yeah, Popular because yeah. it 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 enables you to go somewhere in a controlled environment because mm. you know it's a,
3: a, a movie and it's not having real. controls the big thing about that because you have control when mm. you watch that you can to control get that, what that
0: rush and you
4: adrenaline rush or fear or whatever you call it and that's why fairy tales end. are a precautionary tale they do yeah. exactly. instruct children really? about safety and. About not away from all strangers
1: and Not all Jack of them. them but Jack and the Beanstalk, Jack was an asshole. He's a fucking murderer. <laughs> he, he breaks in at the joint, he robs the giant, kills the guy when he's trying to get his own shit back. What an asshole.
4: Leaving aside that's the a, fact he disobeyed his mother at the start of it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
4: yeah. Well, we've all done
1: that, John.
0: We all know about mothers and serial killers, so there you go. But, um, well, yeah, you know, it's well, that horror sort of thing. And storytelling, we love storytelling, like the the fairy tales or look, horror no, it's movies also, or, or books, you know, Frankenstein.
3: Like, it's, frank it's the first word that's in the whole uh, heading. It's true. Like, this happened. So it's like there's nothing better than watching a movie and it's like this is, even if it's based on a true story, like Fargo. So Fargo is based on a true story, right? Yeah, right at the start it says based on a true story, Yep.
1: When when they say that at the start and it's written across the stream uh, based on a true story, all the words fade away and sometimes it's just the word story. So that makes you think, or well, is it really based on a true story? Because they've said it but then all the words have faded away and the
3: only thing left says story. So the Coen brothers said they just wanted to make a movie that was like, it was, a, like, it was like a true story, and they said it was good if they said it was based on a true story. And that's not a true story at all. That's just a script that was written. None of that happened, but they made it based on a true story. Now, as soon as that happened, that, that, that movie was a hit because everybody attached themselves to it in a bigger way, in a different way. They were just like, wow, that's true. And as soon as that's happened, it's like that could have happened to me as someone I know. The movie becomes a lot better. So they were very clever in that, but it wasn't... It was just, like, based on a true story. We just wanted a movie that was, like... Looked like it was based on a true story. Like, that genre deserves something. And that's all they did. And everyone bought it. And until this uh, TV series came out, I bought it as well.
0: Thinking back over the years of just how things were reported, whether it was done through a sermon in the church of, you know, a story that happened, a fairy tale, if you will that precautionary tale about what happened. And it can be dated all the way back in written form, obviously. I was mentioned the Bible before about all the murders. They're precautionary tales. Um, it, you know, it went back as far as witchcraft. People were, you know, burning witches at the stake because of whatever they did, being a woman. But I think if we sort of fast forward a lot, certainly the newspapers, um, you know, the Fleet Street Press, loved a crime and there were some pretty horrific crimes that happened um, particularly in Britain and that's where the newspapers were. And so nobody buys newspapers anymore. So you wonder whether podcasts and Netflix have taken over the, the role of reporting true crime.
4: The way crimes are reported in the media and on particularly the streaming services, whichever style, whichever one you choose, is a continuation of the way people tell history. It's instructive. It's entertaining for all the reasons that we've already discussed. And I think the one um, way we tell stories, I mean, for millennia, these stories would have been passed down orally, whether they're in tales, in poem or in song. Now it's more immediate. It's on your TV, it's on podcasts, it's in the print media. Um, it's just a continuation. Human nature itself hasn't changed. The media as in the kind of medium we're using, not as in the media, yeah, the people exactly. who get it. Like employed. nobody
0: buys newspapers anymore, do they? Yeah, it's, it's,
4: it's interesting that... I don't think the interest is any more now than what it was. I think we've just got more avenues for exposure.
3: I think we're interested way more than we've ever been in the history of humanity. And I think it's been exponentially growing for a number of years.
0: Well, if you think about one of the highest-selling authors in the world is um, Agatha Christie, Mm. and she wrote about murders. And, you know, they're still being adapted. Hugh Laurie has a new series out on adaptations of Agatha Christie. So those stories of mystery and murder, even though it is only last century, that they are fascinating, titillating and, you know, we love to solve the mystery perhaps before, you know, we find out exactly who we did it. That's a big
3: part of it as well.
0: Yeah. Now, one of the very first Netflix bingeworthy documentaries was Making a Murderer. Did any of you watch that?
5: There's been a couple of spin-offs from that too, but, yeah, Yeah. I have. Yeah, Mm. and
0: so, you know, Netflix had that platform to be able to have a show that ran for 10 episodes, was very in-depth and almost boring at times, but the platform enabled to have that show and it went out to the world and that, you know, Making a Murderer was Fascinating. I found it so fascinating because it took you right inside the depth, the interviews that were given with the family. It was so um, personal. And, you know, I still don't know whether he did it in the court of law. And you are
2: constantly asking yourself, did he do it? Mm. Why didn't he do it? Yeah. Did the other guy do it? It's just.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, and it wow. was fascinating. And so that really launched the platform of Netflix yeah. to be able to have a, a crime, true crime, binge-worthy, and then, you know, the rest is history from that because, you know, they're always releasing. Every platform now has, has their own, own one. But previous to that, you know, we used to have like 60 Minutes, used to interview the victim or interview somebody from jail, and so we had a little snippet with it that way but how do we you know the the form of podcasts like anyone can do a podcast now anyone can do the research and do the podcast and so you know there's 1.6 billion hits on if you
2: google true crime like you couldn't get through them all you speak about newspapers no one buys newspapers anymore it's all online um, Netflix, Stan, whatever. Everybody has their own platform, so they no longer have to pander to uh, studio heads to get this stuff out there. It's their own platform, so they can make what the hell they want. And I think we've got yeah, so much that, more that, choice now. You
3: now, when they edit that stuff, they'll cut out three or four words after they finish a, like. You think they finished a sentence, which clarifies a whole bunch of shit to you to go like oh, yeah, maybe they didn't do it, but they'll cut that out. But right? you don't get to see everything. And there's a lot of editing that makes it look a certain way, and it's for TV. So you're still getting hoodwinked in real in true crime as well. Don't think that you're getting all the details because you're not. Absolutely. Not
0: if we talk about podcasts, really, I don't know if you listen to any podcasts. Personally, I go to sleep with the podcast every mm-hmm. night. Um, that's floating around in my head.
2: Is that our podcast? Um,
0: <laughs> it it does end up on that one and I wake up in screams of horror. Um, the the one that particularly I think as far as Australia goes, um, that launched a lot of it was the Teachers, Teacher's Pet, Pet podcast. Yes. yes.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, which was released Whoa. in two thousand and eighteen.
2: It's very topical and at the a... too. I mean the the trials all right. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely, and so I've been following this case pretty much since the 90s and the reason it sort of triggered my interest was because um, the guy played for the Newtown Jets, which of course is, you know, one of my favourite teams. And so, yeah, I've been following it for a long time and so to see the whole process and, and where we are now and the only particular reason, if you will, that it got... Um, you know, back in the public eye and in the DPP was because of um, the Australian newspaper's uh, podcast called The Teacher's Pet, and so um, that has had thirty million downloads worldwide, and it is it was sort of that successful, if you will, or that um, uh, triggering. Yeah. that it actually um, brought out a lot of uh, witnesses and a lot of people that were involved. Of course, the, the high school sex scandal that came out of it as well. Um, so no, it, They took it offline
2: too. You can't download it at the moment.
0: Yeah, you can't download it. You can still get it overseas, but they took it offline because mm. of... Um, but that's why it the, the current course, court case is actually only a judge-only ruling. Yeah, um, and you can currently listen to uh, the teachers' trial every Friday evening. Oh, we do did. a roundup of the week. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's what I've been doing on a Friday evening.
2: You're just wild, Eddie. aren't you, Captain?
5: Uh, a book that I read about trials that were at the Old Bailey's in uh, Old Bailey in 1895, and it made me think before podcasting, before we had television, before we had the interviews. How did people get kind of like their fix on what was happening? Hey, and, hey,
3: hey. Extra, and, extra. Uh,
5: it, it was when you're talking the 1890s, it was probably the first big spike I'm talking about in, in the UK where there was quite a lot of literacy going on. So people could read the newspapers. And Ooh. then you have things like the Old Bailey being absolutely jam packed. And people used to do that for their entertainment, they used to hear the trial and read it in the newspapers. I think that's where it just really did help to generate this interest that's now gone on to, like, you know, podcasts and all that kind of thing now. But that's it. people used to uh, pack them out.
3: There, there's something takes hold of the entire zeitgeist of a city. Like, Jack the Ripper exists. Women are afraid to go home. They're walking in packs. Men are coming out to meet them somewhere to walk them home. Like, it takes over the entire city. Something like that will get into humans' DNA. That went on for a long, long time, Jack the Ripper stuff, and that's 100-plus years ago. So that really gets into everybody. It's like and they're teaching their kids, you know, this can happen, this can happen, people like that exist, and, you know. These are the monsters in the cupboard, if you will. So it's very interesting. Like, Serious get, crime would have been but, so much easier to
1: get away with back in the day oh, because now, oh God. I mean, I, I've been approached by Channel 7 and the police for my security camera footage at my house because a crime happened down the road. And now you're, you know, back in the day, I, I come from a security background and back in the day, um, if you had cameras on your house, you either had something to hide or you're a weirdo. And now every second house has got cameras and you just can't get away with stuff anymore because you now you see it all the time with these, Um, criminal gangs in in Sydney where they're shooting people and, you know, you you see them five streets away without their balaclava on because they've just tracked them from house camera Mm -hmm. to house camera to house camera and they see them, you know, walking down the street without their balaclava on. So it's so much harder to get away with it these days uh, with the advent of um, DNA tech and just the cameras that are around. They're literally everywhere. And just because you don't see a camera doesn't mean it's not there. Just because you see a camera doesn't mean it doesn't have a 140-degree angle. You know, it doesn't mean it can't zoom in on a number plate 50 metres away. You know, this tech is out there and it's harder and harder for those criminals and those, um, you know, those serious crimes to occur.
5: It's harder and harder for people to get away with it. Databases are also international now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm just thinking of Interpol. It's harder and harder.
0: (laughs) So we were just talking about Jack the Ripper, and you know he taunted the police with letters that he wrote and so a lot of and you know it used the media to be able to you know fascinate and build his notoriety if you will in amongst the the, the general public and you know BTK and the zodiac killer did the same thing you know they wrote letters to the media asked them to be published wrote them to the police just to taunt with them and and that's really interesting because they knew that they were in the public psyche and how popular they were and how the the mass people were really interested and it almost goes to feed their ego of just like, ha-ha, you can't catch me.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that it really speaks to their ego when they're taunting police because, you know, most people when they commit a crime, they they just want to hide out and let it all you know, go by without sort of putting your hand up going, hey, I'm over here or now I'm over here or now I'm over there and you're just asking for trouble. But these people, they're so wrapped up in their own, you know, superiority over everyone else, they just don't conceive that they can ever get caught.
5: It's all about trying to let people know who's really in control in their eyes. Mm. It's them. Mm.
0: Yeah, but they're taking it to like the next level and that they're letting everybody know that they
1: are just so clever. Until they're not. Yeah, until they're
5: caught. Yeah, yeah. Kaczynski, when he published his manifesto, it was some of his turns of phrase that actually got him caught out because Mm -hmm. people recognise some of the phrases being uniquely his. Yeah. Yeah. So in one way, you you let their ego or their hubris run away with them as a way to detect them. Mm
0: -hmm. Thanks for listening to part one of the podcast with no name, Exploration into True Crime. Join us for part two. I hope we haven't freaked you out too much.